parenting. Just the thought of it can make you feel tired and anxious. But whether you're a new parent or you've been at it for years, you know that parenting is a journey. The days are long and the years are short. The pressure to be a good parent while trying to pack all the memory-making experiences, teaching moments, discipline, support, comfort, and everything else in can be downright overwhelming. And then add trying to maintain a healthy marriage with quality time together, romance, support, and good communication into the mix, and you wonder how you can ever get it all done. But you can. Maybe just not all at the same time or in the same day, but you can. I'm here to help and encourage you to embrace your parenting and your marriage, to find joy in the little moments and at the most unexpected times, to have good communication with your children and your partner, to give and receive support and comfort, and not only to be self-aware and self-disciplined, but to discipline your children in love as well. I'm giving you permission to put your oxygen mask on first so you can serve everyone else and your family better, so you can tap into that joy and abundance of the life you've chosen. So whether you're single, married, divorced, or widowed, and whether you have one child or 10, this show is for you. Welcome to Authenticate. I'm your host, Kate Godfrey. After 11 years of raising children of all different ages, races, cultures, and backgrounds with my husband at a boarding school, in addition to raising our own two daughters at the same time, I've learned a thing or two about conscious and respectful parenting, while also working with my husband and putting my marriage first. I want to share with you parenting and marriage tips, advice, and experiences that will help you embrace those long days and wish for even longer years. I'll speak directly and authentically about parenting and marriage, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows. I invite you to come along with me on this journey as I encourage and help you to love the life you're leading and build the life that you want with your family. I can't wait to walk alongside you. Hey friends, welcome back to Authenticate. I'm so excited to share today's episode with you. My guest today is Ingrid Levesey. I first met Ingrid when I was still homeschooling Trinity and Sydney a few years ago. A good friend of theirs was taking riding lessons, so of course that piqued their interest and they wanted to take riding lessons as well. And then I found Ingrid. Ingrid is one of the loveliest people you will ever meet. She's a beautiful, kind, and hardworking single mama who has built her equestrian business from the ground up but she's also been through some stuff to get where she is today and to become the woman she is today. While I was editing her interview, I just kept furiously writing one takeaway after another. There's that many. Ingrid takes us on a deep dive of her journey and I found it to be so fascinating, encouraging, and inspiring. I'll be sharing only five takeaways at the end of the episode, but there are so many more. And maybe I'll share them in an IG post soon. Enjoy. Hi, Ingrid. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Thank you. Of course. Of course. It's so great to see your face. The weather is beautiful and yeah, fall is, fall is lovely. Time. Yeah, I could not have asked for a better day. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And I'm so excited to talk to you today and, and dig into your story. Cool. Yeah. All right. So we'll get started. Um, so you currently have a mm-hmm. business that you started you're a female yeah. business owner, which is so exciting, but I want to go back to when you were young to how, um, you got involved with horses. How did that love begin? Yeah, I think, um, it's kind of a lot of happy mistakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> So my um, great-grandparents had um, what I will consider a gentleman's farm, um, and they were older, so they didn't have any animals other than, you know, their dog, but the neighbors had horses, um, so they would graze um, 
my great grandparents' land, and we were kind of, I guess, in in some aspect, left to run free when we were when we were there. You know, there's not much trouble you can get into when there's nothing around. <laughs> um, and you know, they they had horses there, and I would I just loved them. I'd go over and pet them, and like feed the grass through the fence, and. Um, you know, I wanted to to learn how to ride, um, but I had pretty much at that point quit every activity my parents ever put me in. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, I mean, the list is pretty long. <laughs> um, so I think my parents were probably a little bit, um, not that they didn't want me to be involved, but you know, there's a lot of, of money that is involved when you have your kids in different activities and um they keep quitting all of those activities um (laughs) so my grandmother for I want to say my 10th birthday got me um like three lessons three riding lessons and I loved it and it just kind of took off from there that's awesome yeah I love that so three riding lessons and then what happens after that how did that Um, yeah, I loved it. And my parents, I think were kind of, you know, like, hallelujah. Um, she found something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, and I just continued. Um, I mean, I have to give credit to my parents. They, you know, forked over the cash for it every week. And, um, you know, it just, it was, you know, something that really made me happy and something that, um, I, I mean, this probably sounds bad, but it's true. It was something that I would actually put effort towards. Um, I, I don't want to say that I was a, a bad student because I was a good student, but I just, um, kind of found school boring. Um, I'm a very high energy, active person, um, and sometimes I think that if I were in school today, they would be like, hey, your kid has ADD. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I was just an active high energy person and and the horses kind of allowed me to be an active high energy person, but also find um, that calm that I really needed to find, um, you know, within myself. I think that um, horses can help you find, you know, they, I don't want to say they force you to find a balance, but they kind of do. Um, whether you're, you're aware of that, or if it's just kind of happening subconsciously. Um, and then, you know, as you know, school went on, um, again, I wasn't like the worst student. I don't want it to like, sound like I was like failing anything, but I certainly wasn't getting A's either. I was probably like a B, a B, some C student. Um, but I really wanted to compete and I had been riding, um, I guess now I was in high school. So a few years, um, and I wanted to compete. And the, the way that I could do that was I had to lease a horse for the summer so that I had, um, more ride time and I would have, um, you know, like first dibs on that horse because I, I wasn't going to own a horse that wasn't in, um, that just wasn't doable for our family at the time. So my parents, I think at the time they kind of laughed about it and they were like, sure, if you get on honor roll, we will totally lease you a horse for the summer. So go ahead. And I was like, 
all I have to do is get on honor roll. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Done. Yeah. So, um, you know, I applied myself and I studied and I put like, like actual effort towards it. Probably, you know, um, something I could have done all along, but I didn't, I guess I didn't really find like, I needed the carrot, like the stick never worked for me. The carrot, the carrot works. (laughs) That makes sense. Um, Yeah. And so I got on a roll and they were like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. But, um, you need to do that like for the whole year. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, got it. And I did. I got honor roll the whole year. Um, my parents did lease me a horse that summer um, who was, I loved him. He was an absolute challenge. He um, he taught me a lot. Um, he put me in the dirt a lot, um, you know, but I, I think back very fondly of him and I think he's, you know, it was like such a great experience. Um, and then the following year, Um, It was the same thing. I was like, okay, I'm going to get honor roll. I'm going to show, I'm going to do all of these things. Um, I'm going to, you know, do barn chores to help with this and that. Like all I wanted to do was like learn as much about horses as I possibly could. Um, In the back of my mind, thinking that I wanted to be a veterinarian. Mm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just learn everything I possibly can. Um, And I, 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 really really put a lot of effort into learning about it from like books to hanging out at the barn to 4-H um and it was great um and then my family went through some family changes my parents got um divorced and well I guess separated at the time and life just kind of changed um and I stopped riding competitively I think I was I don't want to necessarily say I was like burned out from horses. I think I was just like, (laughs) like burned out from everything that was going on. Um, in like a 16 year old mind, like normal life is hard to like wrap your brain around things, let alone like, um, you know, horses and parent conflicts. And my older sister went to college and just like all of these things were changing. Um, So I started just kind of riding for fun at a friend's barn. Um, And then I kind of took a break from riding. And I didn't really take a break from animals. Um, I was still like heavily involved in 4-H. But I wasn't riding competitively anymore. Um, And I wasn't necessarily ever going to like humongous shows. But um, it was like more local and some circuit shows but nothing like you know I knew I always knew I was never going to the Olympics like the Olympics was never my goal by any means um but um I started showing like cows and goats and and things like that which was probably just what I needed at the time it was like a lot less pressure um self-inflicted pressure I will fully admit to (laughs) it wasn't outside sources my trainer was amazing I'm still in contact with her I still call her I love her dearly um but yeah then I went to college (laughs) so stepping back for a second what does for people who are not familiar 
with the the horse world and the competition world, what does it mean when you're competing? Like how many hours are you putting in every week? Are you gone every weekend, every other weekend? How much are you traveling? How much grooming are you yeah. doing? Like all of that. Yeah, that is um, a huge factor behind that is um, how much money you have. <laughs> and I, you know, and I'll say it like as bluntly as I can, because that's, you know, a huge aspect of um, the horse industry that we can sugarcoat it any way you want to to sugarcoat it. But at the end of the day, horses are expensive. And um, like, I mean, costs of everything are rising right now, but literally costs of every single thing that goes into horses are rising. Um, so, and I don't say that to like scare off people that, you know, are maybe I want to get my kids some riding lessons. Um, but that's just the reality of it. Um, so I was showing, I want to say once, sometimes twice a month from, usually I was only allowed to show in the summer months from my parents' rules. I think I started the like season in um, May and then August. And then if I like were to qualify for shows throughout the, like throughout the fall, I could still go to those, but school was very important to my parents and staying focused on school was very important to them. So um, it was like the summer I could show, but during the school year, I couldn't. And, you know, when you're in school, like how much traveling can you do? How much time can you really put into it? Um, how prepared can you really be when during the summer, you know, I was riding th probably three times a week, um, lessening once a week. Um, but something I also did was I would watch other people get lessons. So I wasn't necessarily paying for that lesson. Um, but I was getting a ton of value out of that lesson because I would sit there and watch other people ride. Um, and it's just a whole different focal point from when you're seeing something and when you're actually doing something. Um, so how much time it goes into prepare. I mean, I would spend all of that. If the show was on Sunday, I would spend all of Saturday preparing um, for a Sunday show. So I would probably get to the barn somewhere between like eight and 9am and not leave until seven or 8pm um, between washing the horse, um, drying the horse, anything that needs any like extra hair, the rules have changed now. Um, but when I was growing up, you shaved all of their whiskers, you shaved their ear hair, like the inside of their ear hair, you shaped up. yeah I mean it was like a full <laughs> it was a full thing you trimmed the hair around their hooves um and I mean you can't you can't mess that up that's like you know you have to go like really slow and you have to like think it through and then their whole mane gets braided and these little teeny tiny braids um I wasn't big on braiding tails, um, but I sometimes I would braid it overnight. Like I'd wash it, um, make sure it's detangled and then braid it um, like a big braid and then let it out the next day. Um, sometimes I, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. It would just kind of depend. Um, and then the morning of the show, we would get there before the sun came up. And it's the same thing again, um, because you're not like washing them. Hopefully they stayed <laughs> clean overnight. <laughs> um, but you're checking all of your braids, not like you want them all to be 
clean and tight and no like fuzzies anywhere. You want your horse to be spotless. And then you package them up. Um, you wrap their legs to get them on the horse trailer because it's not, I don't want to say like, it's, it's dangerous for them to trailer. Not that it, that makes it sound like something bad's going to happen. Um, but it can, it, so it can be dangerous. It, There's more risk involved. On them. Right. Exactly. There's okay. more risk involved. So, um, bandage all their legs, wrap their tails. Some of them wear little bumper helmet things that go on the top of their heads and then load them up on the trailer and then however far away the show is. So maybe it's an hour away, maybe it's two hours away. What is the farthest you ever went? Two, two and a half hours. Okay. So still just like within Pennsylvania? Yeah. Generally, mm -hmm. or maybe Maryland or something like that. Um, yeah. I The Penn Jersey circuit was big where um, in the barn that I showed in. So Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Okay. Interesting. So I would assume then that would take all day on Sunday. That's your full day. day. Sunday. Yep. All day Sunday. And we showed it wasn't just one person going to the show. So if you're, if you showed in the morning and you were done, but the last person or someone else in your barn didn't show until like the last class of the day, you were still there the whole entire day. That's a lot of patience. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's a lot, but it teaches, it teaches a lot. It teaches a lot about teamwork. It teaches, I think, a lot about um, like yourself. And also, you know, you can have like a teammate, like a human teammate who also, um, you, know, you know, can be very, it's hard because it's like you want your teammates to do well. Um, your human teammates, but you're also competing against them. Um, so you want them to do well, um, but you also don't want to make a silly mistake. And you can either come out of that with a self-forgiving perspective, or you can um, really beat yourself up. And that can change from day to day. <laughs> yes, even in daily life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Minus horses, absolutely. yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. And to your point before, it also, it's a great learning opportunity. Every time you're competing, you're watching, what are they doing? I'm mm -hmm. not doing that. What can I be doing? All of those yep. things. That's awesome. Yep. I love that. So how many years would you say you actively competed before you took that break? Oh, that's a good question. Let's see. I think my first show was around 12 and my, Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say I competed for probably four years. Yeah, four years. Um, and then I took a break and I did a little bit. I went to a couple shows after that, but it was, wasn't to, it wasn't to the degree that I was prior to that. So I'd say I, I, for like four years, four or five years, it feels like a lot longer than that. But um, I guess when you're a kid, a minute is an hour. Right. And it feels longer when you're in it. <laughs> Especially yeah, when, you're, absolutely. when you're absolutely. committing so much time and energy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's mm -hmm. a great point. Yeah, because um, months, months can go into one show and right. the judge is you for five minutes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel like that's the same with so many things. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> 
there's an analogy in there somewhere. I'll find it. Yes. Um, okay. So then you take a break. Like you said, you're going to, you're just working 4-H, showing mm -hmm. other animals at the farm show, and then you go to college. So yep. were you involved with the horses at all in college? Not to the degree that I guess, yes, but differently. Um, I was um, riding a friend's horses, mostly just for fun here and there. It wasn't like, you know, maybe it was once a month, sometimes maybe it was three times a week, other times. Um, but I always worked at horse barns and through college, I had a farm sitting business. So I, I went to school full time. Um, I had a full time job. At, um, I mean, I guess it was part time, but I had like two part time jobs at two different farms. Um, and then I was also doing um, farm sitting. So between that, it was like full-time college and full-time job and sort of running a rinky-dink business. <laughs> no, I love that. I, when, the, when I even asked you that question, I didn't even think, you know, you think most people are like, oh, I got a job, you know, with fast food or I got a job here, but yeah. you like kept your, your foot in the, the water there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, lots of learning opportunities. I learned a lot about what different barns do a lot of you know you, what I agreed with what I didn't agree with um even just down to management practices um so yeah and then I got my I guess it was my senior year of college I found a job at a horse breeding farm and I learned a lot there um I was at a barn that had like 50 horses at one point um learned a lot there um, and I think like the, the biggest thing, like if I was talking to someone in college or someone younger is that take those opportunities because you're going to learn things from them. Um, even if they're hard, even if it's cold in the winter, you know, those opportunities, even if you don't think you're learning from them in the moment, um, five years down the road, two months down the road, you're going to be like, oh, Aha. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> this is in. why that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think even with the uncomfortability, like, oh, this is, this sucks. <laughs> I hate this. But then later you're like, you know what? That really wasn't that bad because it prepared me for whatever else. Right, right. And I think that's so true of, of so many people. And I think even with what you've currently built, like your whole journey, I just keep hearing you say, you know, you're observing, you're doing things that maybe are more intense. Maybe you don't like it in the moment. You're doing all those things. I was listening to someone yesterday and she's like a lot of people because of her success think you're just lucky. You just fell into that. That's why this has happened. Or you're, you were chosen, you were destined. And she's like, no, this was a lot of hard work behind the scenes, getting up early, staying up late, working through the kids' naps, all of that. So that's exactly what you're saying. Even before you had your son, I mean, you were, yeah. this was your passion. Yeah. You were going Again, for it's it. Like the months, the years of preparation, the, and then, you know, somebody might see just that one picture on Facebook or that one picture on Instagram Absolutely. and think, you know, like, oh, that was given to that person or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but, and, you know, even if someone w that was, wasn't the case in, in my case, but even if someone was given an opportunity um, it's still what that person makes of that opportunity. Um, I've, 
I think I've given employees, um, you know, opportunities practically on a silver platter and said, all you have to do is take off the lid and it's yours, you know, and they can't seem to take off the lid. So, you know, it's still, you know, uh, you can put a lot of work into something and it, it still not work out, or you can put a lot of work into something and then something even better comes along and works out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think even with today's generation, even the boys, the students that we're teaching now, it's like, I want to be this. And it's just supposed to manifest itself magically. Right. I'm like, right. you no, have to go not... to school for that or you have to work really right. hard. Like no yeah. one's going to hand you this. And that's like, I mean, they're right. young, but like just trying to drill that concept into them now, like you have to work for something mm -hmm. you want. It's not just mm -hmm. going to show up in your lap. And if it does, Absolutely. you don't appreciate it as much. Right. And you know what, if it, if it does show up in your lap and you're like, oh, this is so, this is so great. It's right here. It's in my lap, but you've done nothing to prepare for it. You don't even know what to do with it. That's so true. <laughs> and so you true. know, when you're, when you walk into the waters and you know, you you walk in like to the kiddie pool. Okay. And then you walk in your knee deep you're like, okay you know, and now you're like paddling a little bit, but you can still kind of step over to where you can reach the ground. You know, that's like, it gives you sort of a sense of security. And then you, you throw a, gr a grown person, you know, a grown body with, you know, a teenage brain still, you know, <laughs> into the deep end and they've never swam before, you know, maybe they'll make it, but good chance they'll drown, you yeah. know, <laughs> panic sets in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a Absolutely. great analogy. I love that. Oh, okay. So you you graduate college, and then what are you doing after that? How do you how do you carry on this passion? Yeah. So um, I ended up getting a job at an orchard, which has Ooh. nothing to do with animals. It sounds so lovely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was so great. Um, so while I was in college, um. And I guess I would say while I was in college, but more like right after I graduated, I was doing a lot of farm sitting, working, still working on horse farms. Um, and I was pretty much alone most of the day, if not every day. So I got a job at a farmer's market because it was once a week on Saturday. Um, and it was at this like cute coffee shop um, that did, um, they like roasted their own coffee beans. And I was like into tea at the time and I still love tea, um, but <laughs> it just like took like a whole, like, you know, U-turn, I guess. Um, not realizing like how, what a great opportunity it was going to end up being for me. Um, but once a week I worked at this coffee shop, I got, um, human interaction. I learned a lot about customer service. I, um, was, you know, serving people, but I think that, you know, it's a whole, when you're, it's a whole line of different personalities. Um, so did I see myself going to college for four years and then being a barista? Not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> seeing how like, you know, I went to school for like nothing that had to do with that. Right. Um, but you know, it was that human interaction that, um, I was looking for and, um, I was learning a lot about customer service. I really enjoyed the job. I really did enjoy the job. I think that 
being kind of alone on farms day after day um, without human interaction can make you a little strange. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like you see like the movies of like what, like um, these like mountain men or whatever, like <laughs> I was starting to relate to the guy that like kept the stuffed coyote as a friend, you know? <laughs> you stopped shaving your legs and stopped washing your yeah. hair. <laughs> yeah, I was becoming the wilderness. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, it was fun. Um, and then I was working at an orchard um, and that was amazing. I loved that. The I was working with one of the owners and that was, it was so much fun. Again, I learned a lot. They had a really big garden. So I got to learn a lot about gardening practices and yeah, I got, again, got to learn a lot. Um, and then I got pregnant. And, um, he was like, I don't really want to put a pregnant person up on a forklift. No, like, no. no. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like we're all good. Um, <laughs> but no. Um, and then the coffee shop that I had been working for once a week ended up opening up an actual location. So no longer just at the farmer's market. And they were like, Hey, did you want to come and work, um, at the coffee market or the coffee shop so through my whole pregnancy I had an inside job um, I wasn't working outside and at that time I owned a horse so I was getting my horse activity through that but I wasn't necessarily like working in the industry okay yeah and then what happens after this what happens after the baby is born so the baby's born I stayed in the hospital three days after he was born. I mean, obviously I knew I was having a baby, but it was like a little bit, it was like two weeks before expected. It was just like a whole big whirlwind. I ended up getting an emergency C-section, just like it was all this like craziness all at once. And then we got out of the hospital and his dad lived near Harrisburg. So then like... <laughs> got the baby out of the hospital and then moved to Harrisburg. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, and I'm from, for perspective, like two hours away from Harrisburg. So that was a big shift for you. Yeah. Had a baby and then moved away from all my family, mm. um, left my job, obviously. And then I was driving back and forth to my horse was at an amazing boarding facility, so they took care of him and everything. But um, I was kind of driving back and forth to see him. Um, and at a certain point, I was just like, this isn't feasible to be driving two hours every time I want to, like, see my horse with an infant. Um, so we kind of just settled in to, I want to say, I guess we settled into to being with each other and me being a mom. Um, and then I was like, I really want to move my horse out here. But at the time I was now a stay at home mom, um, with no income and my savings kind of quickly draining because I'm paying for a horse every month that I hardly get to see. I never ride. Um, but I could also in my head, it just, in my head, in my heart, in my 
my being, there was no way I could sell him. I was like, I, I, that's not an option. Like I have to figure something else out. So I ended up finding a therapeutic writing center that took him on basically. So they, um, took care of him and paid to take care of him. Um, everything that a horse kind of needs. And in exchange, they used him for their program and it was great. He was now only 10 minutes away from me. Hmm. Um, and he was taken care of and I didn't have the, you know, the, the bills that, (laughs) um, are required to take care of a horse. (laughs) That was clever. No, it's a good move on on your part there. (laughs) That worked out. Yeah. It did. It did work out. I was lucky for it to work out. And I kind of just, I, I don't, I don't want to say that I like lost myself in a way because maybe I just don't want to like admit to it. Um, but I did. And I, I was, you know, in a relationship that maybe I shouldn't have been in, but at the time, you know, I had this baby and I was, I'm like this baby. <laughs> um, <you> know, <laughs> obviously I loved him. Um, I love him still, but you know, like I was just trying to do like everything right. And I had no idea what right was. So I I'm trying to take care of a baby and you know, I think I'm doing pretty good at it. Um, I don't think I'm perfect by any means. Um, he was, I actually was today years old when I found out that baby's sleep cycles are 45 minutes. And now that makes so much sense because that baby woke up every 45 minutes <laughs> and probably until he was like six months old. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, did not, was not operating on any type of full no. sleep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I stayed at home and I was a stay at home mom and that lasted a while. Um, I think that I kind of just, I don't want to say like lost myself in motherhood because I think that makes it sound like it was like, I don't really, I don't know that I have the right words for it, but I just kind of got a little bit lost and I don't think that you know I guess I have to take responsibility for that because that's always um you know like your actions are always you know they come down to you because you're the one making those actions but I think that there's always like outside driving forces that can that can help or hinder um and my environment was not um supportive um so I was just kind of you know like in the mindset that you know my job is to be a mom that's the only thing I'm supposed to do the only thing that I'm supposed to do is take care of this baby like I don't need to be a human I just need to take care of this baby and I you know almost was like I'm not a person anymore I'm a mom and Um, there was a lot of guilt anytime I felt like, well, maybe I should be able to be a person and a mom. No, you're supposed to be a mom and, you know, you're selfish for wanting to do anything other than that. And, 
but again, like I'm a high energy person. I like to do things. I like to, um, I'm a very driven person. So it was hard to go from, you know, a a human Mm -hmm. (laughs) with to, no, you're not supposed to human. All you're supposed to do is be a mom. No, you don't need to go anywhere. No, you don't need to go see your horse. Well, what are you going to do with you know, your child when you're, you're off gallivanting, you know what I mean? So it's, I guess, perspective. And at the time I was just like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I, I guess I'm just supposed to do what I'm kind of being told I'm supposed to do. Um, I definitely think looking back that there was probably some postpartum anxiety or maybe, other things going on. Um, but you know, hindsight is maybe 2020. It's still, still probably pretty blurry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I kind of realized after, um, a, a few years of like being in this thing where I couldn't be anything, um, that this isn't how I wanted to live. This wasn't going to be my whole life where I didn't even recognize myself when I looked in the mirror. It was like, you know, that was me, but there was like, it was just empty. Um, and that doesn't take away from like the love that I had and have, um, for my child. It wasn't like, like, it, it wasn't taking away from him. It was just that I wasn't I wasn't me. So I kind of at a certain point decided like, I'm going to make this year like the best I can for myself so that I can be my best self for my child. Because like, as your child gets older, you know, they, they kind of like pick up on things. Um, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like he's going to (laughs) know that I'm not, happy I guess not that I wasn't happy with him but just in general so I'm like doing kind of like self-healing I guess and I'm just trying to work on my myself and like as I'm doing this and as like I'm becoming better I'm like quickly realizing like I'm in this situation that like I don't know how I got into this situation but it's like the the frog that you put into water and then you slowly heat up the water and it doesn't jump out because it doesn't even realize that the water is now boiling and or you throw a frog into boiling water it's just gonna hop right out but I was like the frog that was in like that warm water that was kind of like this might be okay (laughs) um (laughs) like I don't know (laughs) but I yeah I just quickly realized well maybe not quickly I guess in I slowly, I, I slowly realized like I'm in this situation that I should not be in. And then all of a sudden it was like, I woke up one day. I don't know whether it was an inc- like looking back, I don't know whether it was one incident or whether it was just like the snowball effect of like everything. I was like, it is, it's just imperative that I leave this situation. This is not good and it's not getting better. It's getting worse. So I was like, I should get a job. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, I, I just 
for some reason, I just thought that, yeah, like that would be like welcomed. And it wasn't, it was like, well, well, what are you, your job is to take care of our son. Um, but I, but I am, I am taking care of him every day, all evening, all night. Um, it's all me all the time. It was just, didn't seem like it was going to happen. And I think that was like kind of a scary thought for me. And it was kind of like, you know, the question just always came back to like, all you're supposed to do is take care of our son. Like, how lucky are you that that's all you have to do? And it's like, yeah, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky that I get to spend all of my time with our son. I, but that leaves no time for me to do the things that I need to do so that I can not only take care of him because needs met are like, very very primitive like you know like is he fed yeah is he clothed yeah um has he gone to all of his activities yeah but it's you know there's more than just these like paper things um like written things there's you know emotions behind that so I don't know I guess I just thought that maybe it just wasn't going to happen So I was on Facebook scrolling and I saw that someone had, because in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe I could start farm sitting again. Like I could take my son. I'd be able to make my own hours. Like I could do that. And then I'm like, yeah, but what if I like, but you know, the mother, the, the mother bear in me is like, but what if like, I'm farm sitting and someone's horse is bad. Like, I don't want my son around like, you know, a bad horse or what if I'm farm sitting and like, you know, I'm coming up with all of these crazy, crazy ideas. Like, what if they have like a ram and it gets out? Like, you know, I'm just (laughs) like (laughs) coming up with all of these reasons why I can't, why I shouldn't. Um, And then I saw someone looking for a riding instructor And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. And then I scrolled back, scrolled, and then I saw it came up again. And it was like, you know, even if you just have questions, even if you just want to do it part time, you know, even if you're just sort of interested, like, let's just chat. And I'm like, well, I'm just sort of interested. So I could just like find out details. Um, and I did. And then I was like, okay, great. Um, and immediately called my trainer that I had grown up with and was like, (laughs) what do you think about this? And she was like, okay, here we go. And she just like gave me like on paper, like, you know, like she was like, write this down. Like, this is, you know, what you want. This is what you don't want. Um, and she was like, and you know, you have to decide whether you want to like stray away from that, but this is like what works. And I'm like, okay, great. So I ended up teaching some riding lessons and I thought this is great because I can take my son. I can make my own schedule. And as much as I thought I didn't want to do it. And as much as I was like super nervous about starting I'm like oh my gosh I haven't ridden a horse like this is you know in my head I'm like I haven't ridden a horse in three years 
And then people are going to like expect me to teach them how to do it. Like they're going to know I'm a fraud. They're going to know that I'm a phony. They're going to know that I haven't written in three years or like whatever, all of this stuff where, and it really wasn't, I mean, I probably hadn't written in quite a while. I don't think it was necessarily like, you know, as bad as I was kind of making it sound in my mind. Um, So then I like told um, the person that like, can I just come like ride your horses? And that was the other thing. Like, I didn't want to be teaching people on horses that I would have to like, almost like train the horses to be good horses in order to, to teach someone. Cause I knew I didn't have that time. I knew that it had to be like, you know, like I'm there to teach and then I have to leave because I have a young child with me. But, you know, I was like, I'm going to just do, do this one lesson. And if I just teach one lesson a week and then I'm like, okay, I have two lesson students. If I can just teach these two lesson students a week. And then, you know, I just, at the time, my son's father and I were thinking of homeschooling. So I'm looking into all of these homeschooling options. And I'm like, you know what? I could teach homeschoolers during the day while, you know, while I have my son and his and his dad's at work. So there's no conflict there. You know, it's all good. And I just kept, I guess I just kept going. I just kept thinking like, okay, I can do a little bit more. I can do a little bit more. And at a certain point, like I looked in the mirror and I almost had to do a double take because I didn't recognize myself, even though I looked more like myself than I had in years. And it was like this very strange, I don't even, it was just very, it was a strange feeling that made me think, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I have to keep doing this because if I don't, I could very easily go back to the other person that I also didn't recognize. (laughs) And then, you know, things just kind of happened. And at, at a certain point, I had almost 30 students a week and that just kind of wasn't sustainable. So I didn't necessarily like ask anybody to leave, but as certain programs ended, I just didn't do them again because my thought is always the horses need to be able to handle whatever the work they're doing because they're the ones that are giving, they're the ones doing a lot of the work. They're not my tools, they're my partners. So if they're helping me teach and they are overwhelmed or if they're like, okay, I can't do these many lessons, that's fine. That's great. The lessons you can do, you show up for, you know, so, and the horses that I were teaching on at that time, most of them were older. So um, they kind of earned like not having a ton of lessons. And then at a certain point, I ended up getting a pony because the horses were so, so worked and I didn't want to overwork any of them. And this just like, you know, we said like things don't fall in your lap. Well, this one, this one fell in my lap. <laughs> probably, probably the only reason that I could agree to it was because I had done all of that work before that allowed me to go, okay, this is insane, but <laughs> I will I receive it. it. Yes, exactly. 
Um, I mean, this pony had a baby next to her mm. and was possibly pregnant. So I'm not only taking on a pony, I'm also taking on a three-month-old baby that was not halter trained, so you couldn't catch it. And it could be pregnant. Um, maybe not, but maybe. <laughs> the pony was pregnant. Um, <laughs> so it was like a three-for-one deal. Nice. Um, yeah. The pony came and taught a lot of lessons with me. So that was another, I guess, stepping stone. And then from there, um, at a certain point, it was just I needed to leave the situation. And I did. And I guess the I I don't really want to go too much into that um, legally. I don't know how much I really can say about it. But I will say like my safest option at the time was to move back home. Mm-hmm. So I did. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? So my plan was to just go back because going back to the beginning, I lived two hours away. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to drive two hours every day for work with a baby. You know, he wasn't a baby anymore. He was three, but still that's a lot. Um, so I was like, okay, I condensed everyone so that I would only be teaching on Saturdays. But in the background of all of this, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have a pony and she's probably pregnant. And I have this horse that's at a therapeutic riding center. So, okay, he's taken care of, but you know, this horse is going to have a baby at some point. And then I made other very interesting decisions through all good decisions. Like through, there was just a lot going on. So I was looking for a farm to lease um, near me with the idea that, okay, I have Rosie was the pony's name. I could bring double D from the therapeutic riding center. And then I have two good lesson horses and go from there kind of thing. And I was not finding anywhere near me that I could, like, it just wasn't like, I'm like, okay, this just isn't going to happen. I'm also was like thinking of a backup plan because I'm like, I have these horses, like someone's got to pay for them and that's me. So I'm just thinking like, what can I do? What do I know how to do? I mean, I was like looking into houses, like, okay, like, can I buy a house and like fix it up and sell it and like live at home meanwhile. And then, you know, like, I'm just trying to come up with like, okay, what, one, what do I know how to do? Two, what's feasible with a three-year-old? And three, like, again, how, like, how am I going to make it work? And then I ended up finding this barn that was like, oh my gosh, so run down. I'll, I'll go as far to say it as like disgusting. And I'm like, hey, I'm interested in leasing the, this farm. No response. I'm like, okay. Um, like, well, so I go and like, I drive by it. I'm like, okay. I go and like ask my local friends about this farm because I'm back in the area that I grew up in, but these people haven't seen me in 10 years. So because I left what, I mean, I left, maybe it wasn't 10 years, maybe eight years, but I mean, I left at 18, went to college, 
moved just like I kind of just beat bopped around and I'm like hey and they're like oh my gosh is that you yeah it's me hey tell me about this farm um (laughs) I like it you got right to the point (laughs) yeah um and they're like you know the people are crazy just be careful I'm like, cool. I've been dealing with crazy. So mm-hmm. let's, let's do it. So I ended up finally getting like a hold of like the daughter of somebody and was like, Hey, and she was like, I can show it to you this weekend. I'm like, great. So the whole like plan was to, to rent, lease it and fix it up and then purchase it. And this was like the talk with the people that owned it and they knew that this was the plan and they were like yeah great um you know we're willing to work with you I'm like okay great awesome so I put like everything I had into this place oh well well, first I signed the lease and then COVID hit um (laughs) of course right yeah right so I'm like okay so good off to a great start but it was it was okay and it's almost, I, I kind of want to say, like, looking back that, you know, COVID brought a lot of really horrible things, but it was like almost a good thing because it allowed me to kind of regroup from all of the things that had just happened. And I was able to exert a lot of energy that I think needed to be exerted in a healthy way. I mean, I cleaned out this barn I don't even want to go like just think of how disgusting a barn could be and then like multiply that by like three feet deep so I'm literally like hand shoveling out because I own no equipment it's like me my dad was helping me because again COVID um so he was like out of work which was awful but like a self-serving me would say it was great because my dad was there helping me so I got this barn totally cleaned out fixed so many things part of the barn was caving in my dad is in construction so he helped me like basically jack up the building not basically absolutely jack up the building and then like rebuild parts of it so just all of this went into this place I put a new drive um, like a gravel driveway and stone in so all of these things are adding up and I still can't teach lessons So eventually, I don't remember what the details were, probably because there was so much insanity happening all at once. Some whatever it was, was lifted and I was able to start teaching lessons and it was great. I was like, okay, I did this before I can do it again. And it worked out. And then I had some boarders that were like, hey, you can use my horses and lessons if you want to. So then that was great because I had, you know, more horses to use, but I didn't like have their bills to pay. Um, But also those horses were getting exercised when otherwise they wouldn't have been. So it was just a lot of like happy happenstances, but the owners of the place were absolutely bonkers. And (laughs) at a certain point I was like, okay, I either need to like figure out how I'm going to buy this place or get out. And I pretty much like told them the same thing. Like, okay, let's like, obviously this isn't working for either one of us. So like, let's figure out like how you don't have to deal with me and I don't have to deal with you because at a certain point, like 
that's what it comes down to. Neither of us want to deal with each other. And they went back on a lot of things they said, lesson learned, have everything in writing. And then they started like turning off the water. And this is in the middle of the summer when it, yeah. So I would be like, hey, we need water. And she would be like, I'm in charge of the water. And if you don't have water, like you just have to wait till I turn it on. I'm like, okay, well, like, oh my gosh. animals need water. So it was just like all these crazy things. And I mean, I had put so much into it. Yes. My dad had put so much into it. I've been on the edge of my seat this whole story. I was afraid of this ending. <laughs> yeah, so the, I did not end up buying the farm. Oh, um, so many hours. <laughs> yes, blood, sweat, tears, lit- like literally all of it. And I was devastated, absolutely devastated because I thought, you know, like if, and I just kept like telling myself, like if you're running uphill, hard enough, long enough, like you're going to get to the top. So I would just keep telling myself, like, just keep going, just keep going. And it was to me, the only thing I really think I knew how to do in the moment was to just keep going. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, and I'm a lot of times that works. And I think, you know, it had worked out a long time, a lot for me. Um, but I obviously also learned that stopping and looking at where you're at and what situation you're in is also very valuable, (laughs) which I guess I had to learn that very hard two times in order to like, finally let it click. (laughs) So, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And while this is going on, so pony that was pregnant um right right we had forgotten about that part of the story (laughs) (laughs) that comes back into the story um so pony that was pregnant had had her baby months before this um so in june 2020 she had her baby she got super sick afterwards and i was at the barn literally around the clock the vet at one point was like okay like we need to make a decision here this is where your bill is at and this is where your vet bill is headed and what do you want to do and i said what do you want what do you want me to what do you want to do i want you to save my pony (laughs) but right duh um but realistically i loved her for saying that like look this is where your vet bill is headed and i kind of said okay what do i need to do like you tell me what i need to do and i'll do it and Um, I mean, I was icing her legs. She said, ice her legs two times a day. I'm icing them three times a day. Um, She's like, make sure that she has this, this, and this. I'm like, she always has it. You know, like I was exhausted going through so much legal stuff with my son's father, trying to run a business, being a mom. And now I'm like, you know, my superstar pony that is at the time, she was a lot she what she meant a lot to everyone that met her and it was just like okay this I just need to solve this I just need to solve this and everything will be okay I think that like a lot of times like maybe mentally and emotionally um you know things don't make sense but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know things don't make sense so I'm like if I 
fix this, everything will be fine. Everything will be good. I just need to fix this. And I did, I fixed it. And I'm like, great, everything's great. She got cleaned bill of health, awesome. Um, but she just kept having like these weird issues that I couldn't explain and I couldn't put my finger on, but I knew something wasn't right. And I would call the vet out and they'd be like, nothing's wrong. And I'd be like, I want a camera up her nose. I want, you know, everything. Like I didn't like save this pony for it to be like something stupid. And they, you know, they're like, it's just a sensitive nose. It could be a sinus infection, you know, like just, okay, okay. And then it would go away and everything would be fine. I'm like, okay, I was overreacting. I'm crazy. I'm just overreacting. And at the time I was still, still doing, and I still am doing a lot of healing from like something that you're told over and over and over again, even like in the beginning, you know, it's not true. In the beginning you're like, ew, or in the beginning you're like, that's so frustrating. Like, why aren't you hearing me? But like, it's just over and over again. Then you start to like internalize that. And you're like, you're right. I am overreacting. I'm so sorry. I called you out. And it's not the vet's fault. You know, um, it's not anyone else's fault. It's just that there's certain things you need to heal, heal from. Um, so I'm like, I'm crazy. There's nothing wrong with my pony. Just go about life. (laughs) So she's still her superstar pony. She's giving lessons. Everything's fine. And, um, life goes on and then let's see. So now we're back to June, 2021 when crazy ladies turning off my water. Um, and I'm like, okay, (laughs) so I'm looking for a barn to move to and nothing's really making sense. But at this point, I can't buy anything. I just put all my money into fixing up a farm that I don't own and kind of like thinking, okay, if I have to sell my horses, because at this time I have like a pretty good herd, who am I going to sell? And is that even what I want to do? Do I want to keep like doing this? Is this something I really want to do? And so I kind of like casually asked around about a barn And then I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I should just go to the feed store and ask the owner of the feed store. I'm good friends with her. If she, if anyone were to know a barn for rent, it would be her. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. I don't. The next day she calls me and she's like, you will not believe what just happened. I'm like, what? She's like, you have to call this, like, you have to call this lady right now. I just found out that this barn is empty. It's beautiful. You're, you're just go drive by it. She gives me the address. I go drive by it. And I'm like, Oh my God. And you can't even see the barn from the road. You just see like the fencing and the manicured lawn, you know? And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I'm speechless. So I'm like, find, find me her number. You know, <laughs> I don't have her number. I'm like, who does? <laughs> like, I don't want to go like knock on her door. This crazy lady I'm sitting um, in the lawn until she yeah. shows up. <laughs> so eventually, like she got the number for me and I sent her a text and said, I don't know what I said, something about, hi, my name is this. I heard your property, like might, you might have an opening for some, whatever. And she was like, I'm not really interested in having anyone here. And then my heart sank and she's like, but I'd be interested in talking to you. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a win. <laughs> yeah. 
someone that, you know, I just kind of thought he was just going to be a friend. I had kind of had, I don't want to say like I made like an, uh, like a finite decision, but I had, you know, I had no reason to like invite someone else into my life. Like at this point, you had a like, lot going I'm, on. <laughs> yeah. And like at a certain point, like, you know, it's like, it's all this insanity, but at the same time, like in my head, I'm like, my life is so good. Like my life is just so good. And I just kept telling myself like, my worst day now is better than my best day then. And that is kind of scary, kind of sad, but such such a, a thing to make you so incredibly grateful. So, you know, I met this person and I was just like, you're, you're, you're a good friend. You're a friend. Um, and he just kept showing up. Mm. And, you know, you probably know that, that you can you know, kind of fill in the blanks, you know how that went. But um, so he's like, I'll go with you. And I'm like, okay, great. Because, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm excited. I'm scared. I'm like, what if I say the wrong thing? Like, I know she doesn't necessarily want somebody there. Um, so I'm like, it would be just great if he was just there to just like stand there. And if all he's doing is watching the whole thing fall apart, Great. Um, <laughs> that's kind of what I like went into thinking. Um, so I met her. She was absolutely lovely. And she, you know, I'm like, I know this is like really short notice. Would I be able to move in by next month? And I have, you know, all these horses and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, that I think that would be fine. You know, if things are crazy, like, and you wanted to come like a few days before the first of the month, that would be fine. And I'm like, oh my gosh, hallelujah. And she's just, like, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm at my, like, you know, they say like when life gets good or when you better yourself, like wherever you are at now, like if you keep working on yourself, then your life will be like better than your wildest dreams. And I mean, I never thought that I would be at the facility that I am at now. Like I never could even picture it, you know? So for it to like have come to fruition, like exactly when I was, one, I was ready for it. And two, I needed it. Um, and, and three, like, you know, I really put in the hours, <laughs> um, you know, it just, it, it was, I'm at a facility that is amazing. And I, and I'm so grateful for it. So like, when I say like my whole life was basically a bunch of happy accidents, like that's, yeah, it's just a bunch of happy accidents, but that doesn't mean that there was like a lot of really unhappiness between those happy accidents but I can focus on all of those things that went wrong and I can focus on all of those things that you know hurt and broke me down and it's easy to say like oh I don't focus on that the reality is is that I I do see that and I am aware of all of those things and I'm probably not aware of all of them to be totally honest I think that there's a lot of things that I kind of fuzzied over but Every day I can wake up and I can say, like, I love my life. I'm grateful for the life that I have. I live a beautiful life now. That wasn't 
always the case, but that's not what I need to like be sad about. And that's not something that I need to focus on because you, you always have the opportunity to, to do better. And doesn't matter how far you are into something. If you feel stuck, you're not stuck. You're just stuck right now. You're not stuck forever. Everything's temporary. Good things are temporary. Bad things are temporary. And the good things that are temporary, maybe it's just because the good is temporary and it's going to be better. And that's cool. <laughs> Everything you said, it's like, you are a deep person. Like when you were talking about just all the struggles you went through, I was just letting you talk, but I was just thinking to myself, like she doesn't even know how many people who would even listen to this are going to resonate with what you say, like men and women, but especially when you're talking about, am I even a human anymore? I'm just a mom. I'm just a mom. Like I think so many moms, majority of moms can probably resonate with yeah. that, especially stay at home moms, but even moms who, you know, go to work and come home and feel pulled in 20 directions. Like you lose yourself. I think there's a part of that. Mm -hmm. And I think there's society tells you, well, if you're only a good mom, if, you know, if you breastfeed versus bottle feed, you're only a good mom. If you stay home with your kids, you're only a good mom. If all these things, and we start to buy into that. And then I think you do. I mean, I have, I just got out of, as, as you know, like seven years of homeschooling full-time while also working a full-time job. And I started to question, mm-hmm. this is like, is this all that I'm doing? All I do is right. teach and work and teach and work. There's never any time for me. There's never any much, you know, much leftover time to spend with my husband. And you yeah. start to really look at that and you do lose yourself. Yeah, think, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's so great that like you have done so much introspection in your life. I think you've really looked at the hard things. And as I think we all have this journey and sometimes you don't want to look at it because it's painful or sometimes later, later you realize, Oh, that's why I went through that because it led me to this. Um, yeah. And I think you've done hard work. Yeah. I think a lot of the hard work was internal. Um, and a lot of it I didn't want to look at. And a lot of it I probably at the time didn't want to take responsibility for. And I think like a lot of people were saying like, oh, everything happens for a reason. And that would like make me so mad because I was like, no, I, like you tell me the reason then because none of this is fair. Like you, you, you know the reason. Okay, you tell me the reason because I would love to know the reason right now. I'm <laughs> suffering right now. Right. And you're like, oh, like everything happens for a reason. Like that, it like infuriated me because I thought like that is so unfair. And I think like, you know, maybe I still think that statement's unfair. Maybe I still don't like it, or maybe I just don't like that, you know, when you're, when you're not even living, you're just surviving, you know, it's really like, no one needs to hear like this, this, everything happens for a reason. Not when you're down like that. No, not when you're down. No, no. Like afterwards, maybe (laughs) they'll figure, maybe you'll figure it out on your own. But I think like when you're just like you're just surviving and you're just trying to like, okay, like I'm making it through one more day. If I can make through one more day, I'll be okay. If I can make through one more day, I'll be okay. And like, that is just like repeated every day. And you're just like, you don't even know how you're going to get out of this, but you know that 
you need to get out of this and then hearing everything happens for a reason is just like like okay well if you're so smart then you tell me the reason right (laughs) um I so like you know it that's hard like does everything happen for a reason I don't know but I think that you can learn a lot from everything that happens um and maybe that's not right now and maybe that's not a year from now I think that there's like still a lot of things that you know I need to heal from and there's still a lot of things that you know, that I don't think about. And I think I purposely don't think about those things. And like some people will, you know, there's like this really big like divide, I think, like where some people will say like, you need to face those things head on so that you can like heal from them. And then other people say like, don't focus on the bad, like only focus on the good. And I think that just like whatever is right for you at that time is what you need to do because like there's some things that will come up that I don't want to think about and it would not be like constructive for me to think about those things so I'm just like I don't um or I try not to um but then there's like other things that I think about and I'm like okay like why is this like bothering me why is this I mean like you know there's like those buzzwords like being triggered but I I don't think that we necessarily realize we're being triggered I think like it comes why is that uncomfortable why Mm. is that bothersome why why don't I like that and I mean for me it like often comes down to like certain phrases and then I think about it I'm like why does that bother me it shouldn't bother me but when like certain phrases are used a certain way I guess it like rehashes things and it makes it uncomfortable for me to hear those things but that's not the other person's fault and that's not the other person's problem that comes down to me going okay there's something you need to work on here because you can't change what everybody else is going to do and you can't change what everybody else is going to say but you can change how it makes you feel and you can change how you react to them and that goes through no matter whether you're in horses teaching probably even an astronaut um (laughs) (laughs) yeah everything you said there I don't have anything else to say to that everything you said yeah this is like you know this goes so much deeper than you know a single mom making it making her way and keep going and keep going and keep going and now she has her own business and just doing all the things like there's such a deep dive here and I and I love that that you said everything you said and that we've, we've come to this point. I think it's so great. And I also love, you know, we're we're friends on Facebook and you've started your own group for women on Facebook. So you're not just stopping with you and being introspective and doing the best for your son and having a business. Like you are now reaching out to other women to encourage them, to uplift them and to just tell them, keep going. There's, there's good and they're bad. There's bad and the good, but just keep going, reach out to someone. Let's lift each other up and I love that you give so much and I don't know if you realize that, but you do, you really do. And I'm so glad we met and. Thank you. I'm so glad we met as well. I've met a lot of really wonderful people, you know, through horses, even if it's doesn't even, even if it's just vaguely through horses. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's been a gift in a lot of ways. For sure. On both ends. Yes, absolutely. So if people want to find you, tell me where they should go local people, or even if somebody wants to hop on a website, how do we, 
How do we find Ingrid? Sure. So I'm mostly on Facebook, being on a website, but I'm mostly on Facebook. So I have the group that you mentioned. It's if you search Facebook, you'll find strong, healthy, happy women. Um, and I'm in there. And then if you wanted to check out my business, I actually have two businesses. The one is Farm and Forest LLC. I do a lot of sustainable farming and living type things and lots of cute animals if you're if you want to have a little daily dose of cuteness <laughs> and then my horse business is wide stride equestrian center so all of that can be found um, on facebook and i am working on a website too okay that's awesome well thank you so much for talking to me i had such an awesome time yeah, it was fun. Thank it you was. for having me. Of course, of course. And I will definitely uh, direct people to you. And uh, you're definitely going to go way up from here. I know it. Oh, thank you so much. I love that. <laughs> you're um, welcome. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. And I will talk to you soon. <laughs> talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Wow. I learned so much. And not only as a woman and as a mother. But as a child, if you can put yourself in that perspective, um, I really got a lot of takeaways from Ingrid being a teenager and the goals she set for herself and looked at her parents from that perspective and just challenging your, your child to do something that they want to do, thinking maybe, yeah, they're not going to get that done. And they get it done. They surprise you. So I learned a lot from that as well. So here are the five takeaways from today's episode. Number one, remember that some goals you may set for yourself will take months or years of behind the scenes work. Your job is to prepare for when you reach that goal. Preparation is key, or you won't know what to do with the opportunity when it comes. Number two, don't isolate yourself. It's hard to know what you're going through while you're going through it. So surround yourself with supportive people to walk with you on your journey. If you're not in a supportive environment, do what you can to get out to create that safe, supportive environment for yourself and ask for help if you need it. Number three, do you recognize yourself in the mirror right now? If not, figure out why and take the steps necessary to get back to being you in the midst of all that you're going through. Do not let yourself go down with the ship. Take at least one step every day to get back to who you are at your core and do not feel guilty for wanting more or wanting to be more. Number four, if you're coming up with reasons why you can't or shouldn't, push those aside. Put yourself out there, fight imposter syndrome, and keep going. Come up with creative solutions to your problem and ask yourself what you know how to do and what you can do and go from there. And number five, observation is a powerful tool. Use it. If you can't do it, observe it and learn what you can from watching so you can apply it now and later. Remember to take all learning opportunities available and that there is power in perspective. Again, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you got a ton of takeaways. I will be sharing some more takeaways um, in regards to children um, on my IG account at authentic.kate. And again, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review me on the platform you listen to. All your ratings and reviews help me to get seen and heard by more people, which is the lifeblood of a podcaster. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day.